Hey, welcome to the Better Modesto Show. I'm Jim Applegate, my co-host Chris Ricky. Good Saturday morning to you. I hope you are out and about and having a great morning already. Chris, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm preparing. I've got like you know everything set up so that I can get on a plane and you know in about three hours. Oh wait, it's not Saturday. Time warp. Yeah, time Back warp. Back to Wednesday. Yeah, we're um, pre about to get on, on Wednesday, and then yeah, so yeah, so you're about to get on a plane to go see. I'm gonna go see the United States soccer team play Mexico in Cincinnati on Friday. That is a huge deal. That so is going to be a really fun event. Yeah. So hopefully, when you're listening to this. We are basking in the glory of stars and stripes, victory, you know, against Mexico in Cincinnati. It's I, victory morning, right? We'll call it victory morning. Yeah. Hopefully. I love it because this is like, you know, to Mexico, that's the number one sport, right? I yeah. mean, this is like cricket yeah. to England. So you know, yeah. we're doing, this is, this is a good thing. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited to, to see you go do that. You know, I actually had a really uh, good week. And I uh, wanted to share one thing that happened this week that, that I thought was really funny, especially for our radio show. Um, I, As a pastor, I get to go pray for the Board of Supervisors meetings and then also for city councils. And uh, this was the first time that I got to pray for a city council since I lost the election. <laughs> and so this was pretty cool, Chris, that you were sitting up there on the dais, uh, and I was sitting out there in the audience, and I got to pray for this uh, this great event. And, you know, I was, like, really thankful, actually, that you had got elected and I hadn't. And uh, you were sitting right by the city attorney. I thought that was probably where the... the, the uh, <laughs> city actually put you you know they said oh, we want chris to sit by the city attorney keep him under control you know but I, I thought it was really fun and it was it was great to be able to pray for you guys and to be to be able to see you up there doing your work as well jim i think you're like first of all it was amazing to have you out there giving the prayer you know it was really great um and it was a really it was really thoughtful and i appreciate it it was a great it was a you know good message thank you um that is not the most significant thing that happened to you this week. You're like holding back <laughs> on our audience. Oh, right I am now. holding back, yeah, because I became a grandparent for the second time this week. Oh, so that, that <laughs> that's was a the, minor detail. Huh? Yeah, that's a that was a big deal. So yeah, super fun. My my second daughter Holly uh, gave birth to her first child, and his name is Levi Jonathan. And mom and uh, baby are healthy. And uh, Memorial Hospital did did all the work. They did it. Well, actually, my daughter did all the work, but. They assisted, and uh, yeah, he's a cute little guy and super fun. Shout right. out to Memorial Hospital. What, what? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Memorial Hospital and Darley Hughes was the, the nurse out there that did a great job. And so, yeah, just some really great, it was a, it was a really fun week. I actually got to go hold Levi for the first time yesterday, uh, and he cried the entire time. So it was perfect, you know? It's great. So I'm, I feel like I'm doing the granddad duty. I'm doing well, so... You know, I actually feel like I won in this whole thing because with COVID, uh, you know, typical grandparents would have gone and sat in the hospital waiting room all night waiting, yeah, right? Yeah. And because of COVID, they don't allow people to go in there. So I got to sleep that night. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is a good thing, man. So, but yeah, fun. If uh, if you have grandkids, um, I share, I'm now starting to share your joy. So it was a good thing. Uh, what a great week, man. What a great it's week. It's been a good week. Yeah, and hopefully it ends by uh, USA winning over Mexico. And that'll That's be what a, we're hoping. It's going to be cold for these California bowl, bones over there, though. 
It's yeah. gonna be cold. That's I don't it. know what I'm gonna do. That's it. Well, we have a um, we have a guest today, and actually, this is gonna become uh, not necessarily a guest, but a, a person who's gonna be a more permanent feature with us on Better Modesto. Uh, you know, a couple of about a month ago, I was talking to a guy named John Torres who leads the Latino Leadership Initiative uh, for a city ministry network in Modesto. And I said, hey, do you got someone who could come help us with the Better Modesto show? We need someone who can help us get organized and someone who can uh, contact people for us and be a part of the show every once in a while. And so he said, you know, one of the guys in the Latino Leadership Network or initiative actually had a project for doing something like what you're doing on air. And so he connected us and uh, Ulysses Vasquez. Uh, yes. Welcome to our show, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Welcome um, to the team. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm definitely it? excited uh, to be here and sit amongst two wonderful individuals uh, who share the same passion to highlight the good stuff. He doesn't know us that well yet. Does in Modesto. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Might be a little <laughs> preliminary. And I, I do want to add that as, as being an Afro-Mexican American, um, it's kind of nice because whoever wins against USA Mexico. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Victory will be mine in the mornings. <laughs> well, you know, Chris is going to go in with a USA jacket on, but it's going to be reversible with a Mexico flag on, on the inside. So it doesn't matter who wins either. That's so. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Hey, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Ulysses. Yeah, definitely. So my, my upbringing, actually, I was born and raised was here in Modesto, California. Um, I grew up in the south side of Modesto. Um, yeah, I grew up there, went to Tuolumne Elementary School, Henshaw Middle School in the, in the south side of Modesto as well, and then Johansson. Uh, then I was able to transfer out to become a pirate, go to Modesto Junior College, uh, and then had the opportunity after that to go to UC Berkeley. Go Bears and go, go Pirates Bears. too. You gotta, yeah. can't, can't dismiss. Pirates had a good year in football this year. They did. They did. They've they've had a good streak going on too. Yeah. I, I I love it. I love yeah. I just I love those both schools and I appreciate all that um, MJC did and preparing me to go to MJC and preparing me to go to UC Berkeley. Um, yeah. Now I came back here. I did some workouts in the Bay Area, and uh, yeah, excited to be back and back to my old stopping grounds. Yeah. You know? So what did you what degree did you get at UC Berkeley? So uh, I actually majored in history. And uh, my thesis uh, was on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Uh, so my, I was, I was wrote about Mr. Rogers. If you're not familiar, he's an American television personality for children. Oh, don't worry, everybody in this, ev this everyone show knows, knows Mr. Rogers. Okay, got it. Well, I'm a huge fan. I rediscovered him during my time there at college, and uh, yeah, I just fell in love with his work, his his show. Um, everything that I talked about and uh, his sincere care and genuine expression for and kindness toward human beings. I think it was incredible. Um, yeah, it captivated my attention. Um, won't you be my neighbor? An invitation for everybody to to come in and just be a part of his life and he invite you into his living room. And it was amazing. It was amazing. No one was excluded. Love that. So what do you do now in Modesto? So I currently work for the nonprofit called AbleWorks, part of their future profit. And I do financial education uh, to seniors at Central Valley High School. Go Hawks as well. So, yeah. yeah. So, okay. When I was. I'm sorry, kid, I got to go back to the Mr. Rogers thing real quick. Okay, okay do okay, it. So, do. I think people do not understand how significant Mr. Rogers was. I was reading an article on it, and like 
there was this there's one particular scene that I'm thinking of. You may know the bat the scene with the yes. with the feet. Yes. And he washed, you know, a black man's feet. Um and this was in the 70s. Yeah. And it was just like groundbreaking for like just for kindness and caring of other human beings regardless of color and it was just so courageous of him. And I don't know at the time I think it just kind of I don't think people realized how significant it was, but it was like really crazy. It was. No, I mean, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, I mean, just the fact that that officer was the first African-American reoccurring character on children's television for public television in the United States. Just that in itself, him being on the show was incredible. Uh, But also Mr. Rogers inviting him to sit down and be put his feet in the same little small swimming pool together was incredible. In Pittsburgh, decades before that, it, there had been historical documentation of violence done toward African-Americans in local pools, um, even after integration. And so the fact that he did that at public te- in, on public television in Pittsburgh was just an incredible act of just yeah. courage and bravery. Yeah, like you don't think, when you think Mr. Rogers, you don't think like this guy had a higher, you know, value. He... But he did. He had a vision of what he thought, you know, our country should look like and how our kids should treat each other. And uh, and I just love the fact that you picked up on that. And you probably never even watched Mr. Rogers as a kid. Like, I grew up watching Mr. Rogers. I don't know if you did, but... I did. Did you watch him as a kid? I, I watched him, um, yeah, on PBS. His, okay. his reruns growing up. I still remember the trolley yep. Uh, yep. sound going in. And um, I just love his message that he had of, I like you just the way you are. You know, yeah. um, you're special and... I like you just the way I feel like that message is so vital for everyone to hear. So cool. Right on. Well, hey, when we come back after the break, uh, we're going to talk more about your life, but we're also going to talk about some events that have happened in Modesto as well as plans for 2022. So you're listening to the Better Modesto Show or live on KFIV 1360 AM, also on the iHeartRadio app, and we will see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And it, this is Jim Applegate, my co-host Chris Rickey, and our new to the show, uh, I don't know if we're going to call him producer or... Definitely uh, producer. He's got to be producer. Producer? Yeah, Wait, he needs a title. Just give him the power. Yeah. He needs a title. Uh, I'll Ulysses take it. I'll <laughs> So, you know, before like how we make decisions like on the air. We we do, yeah. This is just it. Like we're hey, we got we don't have time to waste, man. We're just moving forward. So, you know, so one of the things we were talking about off air uh, before the show was that Ulysses actually went to UC Berkeley and then came back to this area, and you were like surprised at that. So, why did you come back to this area, Ulysses? I, I love, be, be, to be clear, I love it though. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just always surprising, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I, I had two kids that left and went to UCLA and uh, one of them's come back and the other one hasn't yet, but I sure hope they all come back at some point. So, because I think they have a ton to offer to our, our, our area. Totally. So, yeah. I also think it's pretty killer that you actually went from Tuolumne, south side of Modesto to UC Berkeley. And that's not a story you hear very much. No, not at all. So that's, uh, that's to be celebrated for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, I'll say I had three words for why I came back. 
I love Modesto. All, All right. right. All right. Yeah. yeah producer I, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Executive producer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, just want to let everyone know I'm being promoted on the spot. So yeah, that's right. That's y'all right. can hold yeah. everyone accountable We're here. We're going to double your room. pay, actually. We're going to double your pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love Modesto. It's funny because at, in UC Berkeley, um, the people, my friends, they all knew me as the Modesto guy. Like I advocated for Modesto. I defended it as being more than a city with just like agriculture and and cows, which is what a lot of people thought of it as. And I, I loved it. I just loved it because of the people, um, of the diversity and uh, just the different opportunities and the people that I'd met here. Teachers, coaches, um, professors, all of them just so vital. I'm like, dude, why would you not love Modesto? Right on. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you get to work with Central Valley and uh, you're inspiring the next generation, really, to go to UC Berkeley or to go to another school. You know, I, when I was a kid, I had never thought about going outside of Modesto to go to college. And so for you to be able to tell that story is huge at Central Valley. And I love that. So that's a good thing. I appreciate those kind words. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. So Able Works, I, I remember when I was a kid, they actually used to have uh, classes in junior high and high school that were something like home economics. Okay. And you actually learned how to cook. You actually learned how to balance a checkbook. Um, sometimes they even taught ironing, you know, like you learn how to iron your clothes. I mean, just kind of these crazy things. And, you know, as the funding dried up for all that kind of stuff, they took it all out of the schools. And I think they're beginning to realize now, like taking out some of, some of that economic teaching like how to balance a checkbook how to think about a pension account how to think about jim do you still have a checkbook i do not have a checkbook one of my friends actually has a checkbook yeah and she actually balances it wow like that's on paper that's amazing <laughs> I, my wife has a checkbook and sometimes i steal her checks if i need one but i don't think i've written a check for like three or four years yeah i do it all online now but yeah. anyway. that should be an award on linkedin that should something you should highlight there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what what do you actually teach these students then with ableworks yeah what? so i go through the future profits curriculum um we go over uh, personal strengths uh like a career inventory um we go over like taxes and budgeting um you know, and I think another thing we talk about is also like income inequality and the reality of some of the power systems that are also um, at play in our society. And so, I, I mean, I appreciate that it's such a holistic look. It, it goes down to very practical thing needs, like balancing a checkbook or not a checkbook, a budget, uh, but also even bigger picture of like some of the larger themes that are at play in our society. So, yeah, I think it's, it's very holistic and it, it goes over, um, you know, what are the things they need to have, have in mind before they... They jump into the real world, the post high school life, as I call it. That's awesome. And yeah. who actually pays AbleWorks to do this work? I believe it goes from different various grants. Okay. Uh, as a nonprofit, um, I'm not part of this above my pay grade, but uh, yeah. But now I know different grants are the ones that that uh, that are that fund fund that curriculum. Yeah, these are great things to hear about what is happening in Modesto for sure, and oh, yeah. the way that we're taking care of our students. Uh, the way that we're seeing the needs and responding to them. So glad you glad you get to be a part of that. So yeah, awesome. no, it's fun. Students are amazing. And go Hawks! Well, I'm on here. I'll say yeah. that too. <laughs> I was telling you, Lisa, that my uh, my daughter actually taught at Central Valley for two years, and uh, they have a great team out there. Um, Series Unified is actually one of the best districts in our area, 
And we, we are privileged actually to have many great districts, but um, the work that Scott Siegel did out there as superintendent and he Weren't retired. Weren't they the first district to make all the kids um, have computers? I think that was right. In our area. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like when they, when they said they were going to do that, I said, those guys are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And then mm-hmm. now every kid at every school has one. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, good. oh, I guess they were right. Oops. Here's. Yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they have a, a fantastic team out at Series Unified and, and I'm proud to be a part of this community and see them at work. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit because uh, we actually had an event in Modesto, another really cool thing that happened, and maybe even the first of its kind. It was called In Solidarity, and it was a conversation about racism that happened uh, this past week in Modesto. So one of you, I know all three of us were at this event. Does somebody want to describe it for our listeners just to help fill them in? Well, I'll just say that this conversation about race was the most frank, honest conversation about race I've ever heard in Modesto. And I've lived here 25 years. Yeah. Um, and I've never heard uh, just the experience of being, uh, you know, uh, black here in our community, not just black, but any, any non-white race. It's just, it's different. Mm. And as a white person, it's hard to empathize with that. I mean, there was a guy in my group and we were split into groups. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but there was a guy and he'd been, he's like, look, I've spent the last 30 years in jail. And you could just see the pain of that 30 years on his face. And he explained why he was like, how he got on track to go to jail and how that was based on just essentially racism. And these are things that I've started to notice over the last few years, just being an observant person, you know, like just stupid things like, and I'm sure you experience them on a regular basis, but like just, you know, if you go to a bar, how the bartender treats you when you order a drink, when you go to a restaurant and how that hostess reacts to your arrival compared to other people, when you're walking down the street, the way people react when you're walking down the street, like just things like the things that you don't, you know, as a white person, you just can't relate to. You know what I mean? These were things that we talked about in our group. And it was just, there were people in that group that just had never heard that or felt that before. And it was really powerful. Yeah. So just to let our listeners know, uh, Unincorporated, uh, 209 Unincorporated, and the Youth Empowerment Project put this on. And uh, it was, you know, they actually had a a professor from Stan State come in and do kind of an opening uh, definitions of racism and talk about some of the issues And then we broke up into discussion groups of about 10 in each group and had a discussion. And then at the end of it, three people got up and began to share uh, their stories about racism and their awareness and just began to give like personal testimony, essentially, about what was going on. And so it was a very, very powerful night. And, uh, you know, thanks to everybody who showed up. And I know that that we're going to do this event again. Um, and incorporate some different discussions. So, uh, how did that night hit you, Ulysses? I mean, right in right in the heart. I think I came into the room not not expecting so many people to be here, right? Because I mean, in in the di- dialogue with people, I it comes up sometimes. You know, it's it's on the news, but like I really really have never seen it um, before at such a like a large scale that conversation on ra- on racism. 
And uh, in my group, it was powerful. It was just, you know, a mix of um, an African-American, a Latina, and a group of white people. And just hearing from their experiences, um, it was powerful. Uh, I mean, one thing that I think stood out to me was the story of, you know, for myself, my experience um, as being Afro-Latino, I felt like I was the minority in the minority growing up in the Latino community, um, but still felt, you know, that systemic kind of, you know, discrimination um, and discrimination from just people. Uh, but hearing a, a white guy, uh, a man, older gentleman, uh, talk about how his children had adopted two black kids and how what happened over the past summer with Black Lives Matter, for him, it became really real. It like hit home and he like he understood it, he said, for the first time in his life. And I thought that was a powerful testimony. Uh, from That's him. a really powerful testimony. Yeah. I, you know, I just have to confess here as a faith leader in our society, in our city. I mean, I'm a pastor in our city. Um, this is, we don't even hear churches talking about this stuff. Even though the, the Bible is full of racial integration, you know, you have Jew-Gentile relationships, you have all sorts of different ethnicities. And yet, um, for some reason, faith sector usually tries to avoid this subject like the plague because it is so controversial. And so I was really thankful to see leaders in our community bring this up and begin to talk about it. You know, I, I think one of the most overwhelming things is just to look at the youth. Uh, there was a lot of young people in that room and they are hungry to talk about this and hungry to do something about it, which, uh, which was absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah. It is, it is just, it, it's a tribute to, I think, the, the hope that we should all have in our community and just the good feelings that we all we all want to we're going to get to know each other better we want to understand each other uh i just think that it's just has the potential of really charting a positive course for our community yeah well when we come back after the break we're going to talk a little bit more about this event and we're also going to share a little bit about uh 2022 and some of the plans uh, for the city for 2022 so you've been listening to the better modesto show with chris ricky jim applegate we're on KFIV 1360 AM radio. And our new producer, Ulysses. And our, and our new producer, Ulysses Vasquez. And uh, we'll see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. And our new executive producer, Ulysses <laughs> Vasquez. Uh, is there another title we could give him? Um, I don't know if you can go higher than that. I don't like know. We, it's pretty. It's pretty tough to get higher than that, isn't no, it? We we went right to the to the top. So okay. uh, uh, I, I just say CEO, CEO, CEO. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay. I was yeah. saying you can all caps executive producer. You can do that, too. and then yeah. in the next maybe next segment we can do CEO. We can, yeah. That's like yelling your title at you, basically. <laughs> so yeah. Well, then we could have him pay us to give him like a title like Yeezy or something. You know, like that, that guy that made up that name, he made like fifty mil just from that one name. Perfect. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you, but we'll have to wait till you like, you know, make some cash. Yeah. yeah. That's so that, true. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me some time. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a little time. When this, show, <laughs> when this show starts making money, you'll get paid first. Okay. Sure this there we go. Works, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So before the break, we were talking about this amazing event that happened in uh, Modesto last week called In Solidarity, put on by 209 Youth Empowerment and Unincorporated, uh, two great organizations in the city of Modesto. And uh, basically, they just created a stage, an environment where we could have this friendly conversation about racism. And, you know, one of the things that really uh, I've loved about racial conversations over the year is over the years is just to hear people's stories. 
And uh, I felt like that was a safe place. We heard several people in our small group discussion just sharing some of the things and some of the ways they felt, uh, you know, neglected. Uh, they felt like there was some inequity happening. And then just some downright just uh, racism happening towards them. Did you guys hear any of those stories in your group? Things that you might want to share online that just kind of blew your mind? I've, I've got a couple. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I got a real a quick one. Like I was telling you in the last segment about uh, the guy that had been arrested and been in jail for 30 years. And he just started kind of talking about what it was like based on living in a neighborhood. In this case, it was South Sacramento that had been redlined. And, you know, from a family that didn't have a lot going on, he, his mom worked three jobs and the kids were kind of left to fend for themselves. And he's like, for fun, I would go out and in the field and, you know, in my backyard and shoot bottles with my BB gun. And one day the police saw me with that BB gun shooting bottles and I got arrested and got put in juvenile hall and it was kind of all downhill from there. Wow. Right? And like, if you think if that kid was white shooting a BB gun in 1985, would he have been arrested? Would have been, a, may have been a different story. I don't story. know. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it was pretty, you just hear this and you're just, you know, it's just, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. I heard there was a, a gal in our group who shared a story about going into Ulta Beauty Supplies. And uh, not that that was specific to, to that store, because I think this happens in a lot of stores, but because she is African-American, she felt like she's being followed around and as if she's going to steal um, stuff. In, and that's kind of, and I've never, you know, as a white guy, I've never felt like that. I've never felt like someone was breathing over my shoulder looking at me, but that is a story that I just keep hearing again and again from my um, African-American and uh, from also from a lot of Latino friends as well, them saying that. I think the, the saddest thing for me that night was there were two African-American young ladies in our group and uh, they were both kind of saying things like, why do we have to keep telling our stories? Why don't you just believe us? And, you know, sort of like this just grieving anger about why won't you believe us that this stuff really happens and it's true. And I think if there's anything I'm learning about racism is um, you may think that there's a certain way to heal it. You may think, you know, from a Republican standpoint or a Democrat standpoint, this is what we should be doing. And all those things are whatever they are. But if we can't stop and just start with empathy and go, I believe your story. Like I, I, I hear you and that breaks my heart that happens. And if that was one of my kids, my heart would just break. Or if that was my wife or if that was my dad or that was my mom, like my heart would break. And I, that's what happened that night. I feel like for so many uh, of us in that room is we just heard, heard each other's stories and went, oh my gosh, this stuff is real and we can't keep avoiding it. So yeah, yeah. did you guys agree with that or? Yeah, I think that's so huge. I think listening is such a key part to really getting to know your neighbor. You know, it's not only just saying hi, right? But also just engaging and saying, hey, what's going on in your life? And really inviting somebody um, to share in a place that's non-judgmental, uh, not presuming that you know more or less, just being like, I'm gonna listen to you as another fellow human being. And, you know, just cause I care about you. Cause you're just, you're my brother, you're my sister. Um, and I think that that's so important. I think what I was encouraged was not only by uh, the church gym that opened up its doors 
uh, Redeemer to, to host that space for people to listen to each other, um, but also by the, the, all the various races that were represented in the room of people who are willing in our, the city of Modesto who are like, yes, I want to be here and start this conversation and yeah. at least listen and engage and learn what I can. And that's, yeah. that's encouraging to me as a Modestonian yeah. that I am. I loved it because there was Modestonian. Modestonian, love it. Yeah, that's a that's a, a, a that's five that's dollar a, word right there. That's a Berkeley word. Yeah, that's a UC Berkeley word. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I didn't get into Berkeley by the way. Okay, me neither. They're like that dude. Nah. Yeah, bro. I barely wow. got into Stan State, but I was really thankful <laughs> that I did. So it was, a, it was a great place to go. So. Um, you know, the uh, the professor from Stan State, she, actually, one of the things that she said was, when you buy a house, uh, you know, you inherit everything that came with it. Yeah. And so whether the plumbing was bad or the windows were bad or whatever, you you know, you didn't build that house, you didn't design that house, but you accept it, everything that happens. And so, you know, for me, that's one of the things I, I want to focus on is I'm not necessarily responsible for how America has come together. I mean, I, I can't change the history of everything. Um, but now that we've inherited this, now we have essentially, this is our house now. I'm going to take responsibility for fixing it. And and I love that illustration. Like, you know, I'm a I'm a contractor at heart. I, would, I was in contracting for years before I went into ministry. And so, you know, when we bought our house, we just bought a 1939 house. And I love it that the, the construction is solid. But there's also a lot of things that are broken in that. And, you know, some of the pipes are plumbing. rusted through. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I got plumbing, plumbing problems. Oh, man. Yeah. But you know what? I'm okay with it. Like, I, The I white people problems. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. No, my mind went somewhere else. Plumbing problems. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I know I inherited that and I'm going to fix it and it's okay. And I, and I feel like we have inherited some, you know, some systemic um, racial issues in our country and we want to be a part of fixing that so yeah boy how many people just turned off the radio do you think i don't know i don't know we'll see i guess huh i know i really hope that modesto is beginning to awaken to this conversation and you know nobody's blaming anybody we're just saying let's take responsibility for this let's you know is oppressors and oppressed let's both take responsibility and say how come or, we... or rather let's look at it from the other point of view which is that the the upside of this which is that if we if everyone is succeeding and everyone is you know making you know a, a living wage and able to support their families you're gonna have more people buying stuff you're gonna have more people going out to dinner you're gonna have just a more successful community all in yeah. You're going to have less crime. You're going to have less issues. Like helping people succeed regardless of their color is it's like that's what utopia is essentially. Like if yeah. we can make this happen, like this community can go to a whole new level. Yeah, there, it's the that old adage where the rising tide raises all ships. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I feel like an old man these days because almost everything in my life comes back to old adages like that. You know? <laughs> like, but there's a reason why those things have stuck around for so many years because they're so true. I mean, that book you're into is kind of one of those things that's been around a while. Which one? The Bible? I love that book, wow. man. A lot <laughs> of great adages. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's what the Bible's all about. It's about, you know, helping the refugee, the orphan, the immigrant. I'm an immigrant. And... 
you know, for us to really be able to take care of one another is is huge. So yeah, man, it's, yeah. It's, it's good. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe you brought up the Bible on air. I didn't even have to bring that up. That was all <laughs> you, yeah. man. So, no crap. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, hey, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about plans for 2022. So, hope you can join us after the break. You're listening to the Better Mesto Show with... Uh, and I'll tell my story about all the other things I inherited with my house when I purchased it. Oh, okay. We want to hear this. We only have a, a short segment left, but we want to hear this. So It's good. It's worth It's worth waiting around it's for. It's worth it. So, this is the Better Mesto Show with Jim Applegate, Chris Rickey, our new executive producer, Ulysses Vasquez. And we're on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And we'll see you right after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with Jim Applegate, Chris Rickey, and Ulysses Vasquez. 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 There we go. Okay, so, man, I, I have a lot to learn as a British guy uh, trying to pronounce uh, different names. It's always hard. So right there with you, brother. Thanks for the grace, man. Grace to you. So, grace yeah. to you. Well, <laughs> thank you. You're listening to uh, 1360 AM, and we're also live on the iHeartRadio app. This is KFIV, and Chris, you were going to tell us about your problems with your house. Well, you were talking about how you inherit things with your house, right? And the right. things you inherit like aren't always problems. Like, you know, complaining about my plumbing because I got galvanized pipes. Yeah, I'm really getting deep into it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and they're rusting out, and so like it's going to be like ten grand to fix it. I'm just like, oh, god. But anyway, that's not what I want to talk about at all. So I just moved into my house. Brand new, just moved into this house. Um, And it was three days after I'd gotten married to Kimberly. And so we're excited. We've we've just gotten married. We've bought our house together. It's like storybook, beautiful. And so we're out and we're walking around the neighborhood, you know, with walking our dog. And the neighbors come up to us. They're like, oh, hey. I see you guys. Uh, I see you guys bought the divorce house. And we're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what we, we bought what? <laughs> they're like the divorce house. Like, what's that? And they're like, oh, the last three couples that bought that house have all gotten divorced. Oh, I'm like, man. <laughs> like, how long have you guys been married? For like three days? Or like, oh. <laughs> so, like, when you buy a house, you don't just inherit, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that was yeah. six years ago. So oh, so far yeah. so good. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, so that was that was our first day in our new wonderful house in the college that's, area. That's awesome. Well, I can't, <laughs> I can't attest that your wife really liked you. We've, we've hung out with you guys a couple of times, and uh, it is fun to watch your wife just enjoy you. Well, you know, what I did, Jim, you'd be, we just did a little feng shui. We got the chi all straightened out in there. Mm-hmm. There we you go. You know, and, uh, and, it, and it's been just, it's been a good feeling ever since, you know. That's amazing. Hey, so I'm wondering, maybe, I don't even know if we're going to get to 2022 in this show, but. Um, is that, it's what, that's next year. That's the one after 21? Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, man, right. That's it. the one good. we're all hoping for, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. We were yeah. all hoping for 2021 and for 2020 to be over. And now we're hoping right. for 2021 to be over. But. Um, Ulysses, I was wondering, you know, just going back to this insolidarity and this racism conversation, um, you know, what are the things that you notice about systemic racism in Berdesto? Like specifically, what do you see around here that you go, oh, that's a pretty easy thing for me to, to look at? Yeah, I would say 
just looking at where I grew up and where my family is right now. Uh, I mean, I grew up on the south side of Modesto, family in the in Crow's Landing area, and then also by the Twali Elementary School, 9th Street area, across the bridge. Um, and the majority of that area is, is of Hispanic descent, right? Or Latino or from Latinx community. Um, and a lot of those areas don't have sidewalks. Um, a lot of those areas are, you know, have rampant in, in crime and, and like theft and things like that. And you drive to West Side and, you know, you see, again, like a more of the minorities in that area and pavements are not taken care of. I'm a big parks guy. The parks aren't well. Mancini, Mancini Park, which is, I grew up there, has not changed in my 25 years, like since I've been alive. Like it's still the same play structure, which is barely a play structure. But you drive up just like 10 minutes down to another section of Modesto and they're beautiful parks. I mean, that's awesome. Like Graciada and all those areas are wonderful. Um, but it's just such a different experience growing up when you don't have those things, when you have to worry about if you go outside, you can't stay out too late, um, you know, come back from the park because, you know, you don't you don't want to be there after dark um, and just having these concerns and, you know, hearing gunshots at night and things like that that are you know, they stay imprinted into your mind. Yeah. Uh, hearing yeah. helicopters on the west side of Modesto, like those those things are, I realized when I went to Berkeley, those things are not normal. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow. And just one, one thing just to add, I remember I went to Berkeley and I remember I was walking around, I was wearing all red. And for the first time I realized, holy cow, I don't have to worry about wearing too much of the same color if it's red or blue, just based off of where I live. And I think that's that's just an example of how that, that came about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Things that we, I, I was thinking while you were talking, Ulysses, um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, just from a city council council perspective, what the majority of the complaints are. Cause I know like in our district, Chris, the majority of the complaints are having to do with trees. Yeah. And that is really a white man's problem, isn't it? Big I mean, that's, that's like a, a first world problem. And, you know, you're talking about just sidewalks, streetlights, um, you know, the flooding basic, issues. Basic infrastructure. Yeah. It's a, it's but a I think part of it is that we need these neighborhoods to start taking ownership of the government. And I keep saying it over and over again. But, like, that district, which is District 2 in Modesto, it's got as much influence as all the other districts. Yeah. You know, but the difference is, is that they don't participate as much as the other districts. And you'd be amazed at what, you know, 20 angry people at a city council can do, council meeting can do if they come, you know, for three or four months in a row. You look at Forward Together that the city of Modesto did to reform policing in our city. And I'm very proud of the city being courageous enough to do that because we do have, you know, we have some issues. But what's amazing is that we have acknowledged that we have some issues and that we're going to do better. We're going to try to do better. But that would not have happened if the activists hadn't hit the city council hard for six months. Wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the reason why it happened is because they were not going to take no for an answer. They were not. And if you have a park in that neighborhood, I don't know where you live now. I don't know if you live in that neighborhood anymore or not. But, like, let's just say you lived across the street from that park. If you called the city, if you took pictures of it and you were posting it on social media and you and your all your neighbors were doing the same thing and, you know, 
You call them at SW and say, why does our play structure look like this? And the one at Grisada looks like that. And oh, and the one at, and they just put a new one up in Enslin too. Like, you know, embarrassment of riches, right? Like, and don't get me wrong. It's my district. I think it's great that we've got brand new play structures. It's fantastic. You know, but you just need to get the word out about what's going on. Because like, I have no idea. And I'm on the council. I have no idea that that's going on still. You know, I'm sure it's not the only one too. No, I think you're right. I think I appreciate you naming that is that it's that community voice. And I think you just talking about like, this is what's needed. This is like the recipe. I think that's so key is like getting people together, mobilizing them. Um, But the deep part is that I feel like sometimes rather than talking to me is like, this is my government and this is what you need to do for this part of our city, our city. Yeah. Um, I feel like they don't understand that the government works for them. Period. Yeah. It is not white dudes on a dais that that you're that you're like asking for a favor. Our job is to treat the city equally and and our job is to provide basic services for everybody, right? Like yeah. Yeah. and part of that is like, hey, look, if the parks over here aren't right, we need to fix that. If yeah. Compared to different districts, if there's an unequal thing, we need to that's we need to acknowledge it. We need to be transparent about it, and then we need to address it. Well, the, you know, this is one of the problems, though, is that you know, kind of what I said earlier about African Americans show up and they talk about their pain, and no one believes them, and so they kind of walk back, going, "Why don't you believe me?" And then they get tired of telling their story over and over and over again. It's like. Why would I put effort into this if I'm just going to be ignored or shot down? And I'm wondering if that's some, some, somewhat what is happening on the South Side where people feel like we've said these things a hundred times and we're not being listened to. Do you think that's part of the problem? I definitely think that's, that's part of it. I think of uh, not having their story actually even being out in the open. Like what are the struggles there uh, for that community, for the Latino, Latinx community in the South Side of Modesto? Yeah. Um, I know like a lot of them are working. A lot of them have language barriers as well. And since a lot of them are immigrants or coming from at least first generation or second generation of immigrants, um, it's hard to understand how to work the system when everything is so new. Um, also coming from places where the government really doesn't have as much say in, in like the needs of the people, right? It's very like, you do your thing. This is your little town. You take care of it the best that you can. Yeah. So it's coming from a different system as well. Yeah. Um, and learning, I think, how to access. I think providing the words and the language yeah. for that, um, making it easier for them to access. Because yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, precautions when it comes to like, you know, just vocalizing in, you know, in a space. That's new. Yeah. That's new. Well, I love the fact that In Solidarity was really a, a chance to get the, the, the word out about some of those things yeah. uh, that are happening. And then also we had a, a four guests on our show, I don't know, probably about a month ago, um, Manny and Nancy and Jose uh, and Eric, and they were talking about uh, their project out of the Latino Leadership Initiative was actually to communicate better with people who don't uh, speak English as a, as a first language. And, uh, you know, how can the city, how can the county get involved in such a way that um, people can understand in their tongue and actually speak back in their tongue. And that's a whole lot more than just translating things. That's actually, hey, that's exactly right, man. Yes. Yeah. It, you can't, it's about 
it's about how you say intent. things. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And better yet, like the voices that are speaking to them should look a lot more like Ulysses than you and I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we should not be the voices for these communities. They yeah. should be their own voices. Well, this is why you we're know? so thankful we have a new executive producer on this show. Yeah. So and by the way, I just realized there's actually another, there is a position that he can get that's higher than executive producer. What is it? Well, we'll just, we have, now it's a surprise. He has to oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We have to see yeah. it's early. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, the show has gone by so quickly today. We didn't have a chance to jump into 2022, but thankfully there's next Saturday. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll spend some time talking about that then and hopefully have some more guests on our show as well. And uh, hey, Ulysses, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for being a part of this. Yeah. Thanks for joining the team. I I, I appreciate being here. Um, And I just want to remind you guys, you know, thank you for being your wonderful selves. Not for what you do, but it's for who you are. Thank you. As people. Wow. Okay. Well, there we go. Take that encouragement with you guys today, too. Go be wonderful people in Modesto, just great human beings. And uh, you've been listening to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV. 1360. We're also live on the iHeartRadio app and we will see you next week. Have a great Saturday.